You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OK Sis, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics, such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Hello and welcome back to OK Sis Podcast. My name is Mads. My name is Scout and we're so happy you're here. If you are new to the sisterhood, we are a podcast where we are both sisters IRL in real life and we chat with rad female guests every Monday or we just, you know, have some silly sisterly banter. So welcome to the sisterhood where we... uh, we talk a lot about, you know, a large spectrum of things from business, entrepreneurship, mental health, pop culture, self-care, all the things. Wow. I love the elevator pitch. Where did that come from? You know what? We just haven't reintroduced ourselves in a while. And I was thinking... Let me reintroduce myself. My name is Mads. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's a good marketing thing to like reintroduce oh, yourself. Okay. Got it. What's on, what's like on your mind today? Cause I can tell you what's on my mind just like really quick before we dive in. Yeah. I'm going to fucking pass. Cause no one wants to hear oh. what's on my mind. It's not, isn't it? That's <laughs> a lot to unpack. So why don't I'll defer to your Wait, mind today. Would love you to hear mean? your mind. Wait, are you? What? Okay. Wait, what? Okay. I don't, I don't know if we should just move past that or like what that meant, but I'm okay. just having a hard day. Um, I'm having a little bit of a hard oh. day. So that's it. I just don't want to get into it. You know what I mean? Oh, I didn't mean like mentally. I just meant like things that might be happening that are on your mind, but that's okay. Oh, well, right now it's um, really screaming downstairs. So hurry oh, right. it up now. Okay, good. Love that. Um, good mom. Good mom alert. Um, ma- what's on my mind right now? I don't know if you've seen all of the videos. You definitely haven't, but I'm going to send them all to you. Um, Taylor and Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey have hard launched their relationship. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. She ran, she jumped on him, she, she ran, kissed him. She jumped, she kissed. Yeah, so I... Fascinating stuff. Consumed by those fascinating stuff. Fascinating. Just fascinating. The kiss heard around the world. The kiss in Argentina heard around the world. That's what's on my mind, and I can't stop thinking about it. I need some... I wrote, posted this on my Instagram story, but like, I need a smutty book to be written about 
them too. Like this is just a romance novel waiting to happen and someone needs to write it. Thank you. Um, it was on my mind for about the eight seconds that I watched the video and then it, it left. Oh. Left the building. I'm glad you got. I'm, I'm glad the the video came across your desk. That's really. I think it was because not skinny, great. not fat posted, and I follow her. So, yes, we love we love Amanda. Um, okay, just wanted to keep the sisterhood updated on the things. I'm sure they all have watched the video too. Millions yeah, of times. Well, in the light of my daughter woke up from a nap and I'm home alone and she's screaming. Let's chat about this episode because <laughs> sisters, I am so excited <laughs> shut up this is real life okay you asked me what's on my mind i have a daughter that's literally screaming so like my heart palpitations are going up and i don't want to be a bitch and a neglectful mother but it's also good for her to like you know be alone for a second um yeah, anyways she, d- she needs she needs this is a good learning lesson this is a good her. learning lesson mommy's working um <laughs> so she can't hear that guys don't no one take that seriously please okay so this oh episode God. we have my coach amy natalie sisters Amy has been on the podcast twice now, but it's only been the last two episodes that she was on on OKSIS were only with her and me. So Mads has never been on an episode with Amy. If you guys have been following along, you know that Amy is legitimately responsible for my mental health healing, my spiritual evolution. She is the woman behind what makes Scout run. And she has just released her book. And To say that this book is medicine is an understatement. This is the book that I'm going to be handing out to all of the women in my life. I'm buying copies for my whole team. Oh, I got some oatmeal stuck in the back of my throat. My whole team, I'm buying them for um, all the women in my life for Hanukkah, Christmas, Thanksgiving, everything. And it was such an honor to get to sit down and talk to her about her work because the last two times she was on OKSIS, it was much more about our work together and my healing and where I've been, et cetera. And so to have her on to really talk about her expertise, which is the feminine way, was such an honor. And to have her in conversation with Mads was even better. What do you think, Mads? Yeah, she was such a delight. Um, obviously, I know her intimately because of the work that she does with you, but her and I had never spoken, and I was able to get some of her insights into, you know, the things that I've been, you know, going through, obviously. Um, and her her book is so poignant, is so on point for where I am in life right now, all about the feminine energy, leaning into that more like softness, if you will, and creativity, which if sisters of you listening for like the past couple of weeks, I haven't like shut the fuck up about tapping more into creativity. So it was honestly the perfect episode topic book that I needed to hear right now. Yeah, I think it's very, very in line with the conversations that we're having on OK Says. So her book is out now. It's called The Feminine Way. I'm linking it in the show notes. Sisters, buy this book. Like that's all I have to say. Just buy this fucking book. It's so good. If you are burnt out or if you want to tap into your soul, if you're looking for a way to live your purpose that's out of the masculine and more into the feminine, this is the book for you. So enjoy everyone. Amy, Natalie, Pemensky. Love you. Hi. Hi. Oh my God. She has a copy of the book on her lap. Duh. Look at you two. I miss, I miss the black memo. Damn it. Usually, see, usually I'm in all white. So this is very unusual, but we're, we're sisterly energy over here. Yeah. Scout, look at your hair, babe. Fucking long story. Just a long story about the hair, but I did it myself. I left it curly. (laughs) Three days later, I kind of strained it and curled it, and then I put a bunch of dry shampoo, and here we are. But you know what? I stole this sweater from my mom. It's like my favorite sweater, so I'm feeling good. I was just I was just going to say, I, I recognize that sweater, and I'm very annoyed that you were able okay. to steal it before no, no, I no. did. No, 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 because it's I'm only loaning it. I'm only loaning it for a week, and then that was the deal, and then I have to give it back on Sunday. Right. Rent okay. the rent the runway. Rent the runway. Rent, rent the head babe closet. Yeah. Anyways, this is a very special treat today because this is technically Amy's third time on the OKSIS feed, but it is her first time in the room with Mads. And I know. I think that Mads has been benefit benefiting from secondhand of Amy's whatever you call it, goodness, because Amy, wisdom. Amy imparts wisdom to me and then I impart it to Maddie. So Amy is the cornerstone of yeah, OK Sis trickle, is what I'm trying to say. It's like the trickle down effect, trickle down economy. Um, your wisdom is just like infused into me as a result as being Scout's sister and as a result of being an OK Sis 
podcast host. So the whole sisterhood knows you and your wisdom already. Uh, Amazing. Well, it's been really cool to hear Mads about your journey through Scout and like your evolution and I love that you ladies are both on your own paths individually and then you're getting to share that experience as sisters. Like I find that a lot of people who are on their personal development path feel alone and they feel like Mm. they're the only ones who are dealing with the fears and dealing with the anxiety and all of that. And I love that you ladies are so authentic and that you share your journeys in this way in this with this platform and that you get to share it together like that's really unique and awesome it's so true wait scout are you talking about me in your sessions with amy dude (laughs) come on i free coach you all the time i need someone to talk to about you Okay, so Amy knows everything. Also, like, we grew up together. So, I mean, I don't even know the last time I saw you in person, Amy, but I don't know if you remember me as, like, a little crazy probably middle schooler back in the day. I mean, I definitely remember you, and I also watch your videos (laughs) on Instagram, and you crack me up. I'm like, this chick, it's so (laughs) funny. So I know know the old, the young version of you. I remember that, and it's been really fun to see you. Yeah, expressing yourself and evolving. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Okay, so obviously Scout knows you very intimately. Um, I I feel like I know you as a result, as we just mentioned. But this new book is kind of like exactly what I have been feeling encapsulated into a book and the sisters will understand as we kind of dive deeper into feminine energy and what that means. I guess I I knew the concepts of masculine versus feminine energy. I've been on my own spiritual journey for the past couple of years, but I never really labeled them as such because, and you, you kind of touch on this in the book, it's a confusing paradigm because it has like gendered terminology and so a lot of the times I felt afraid to even say that I wanted to tap into my feminine energy because I was like oh does that mean I'm not as a I'm like not a productive citizen in the world or I'm not you know competitive and whatever the case is it's kind of the same um feeling I had when I figured out I was a projector and Scout was a manifester and no 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 no, I'm a generator I'm a sorry 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 Sorry, you're a generator and I'm a projector. And I was like, well, fuck. Like, society, it seems, deems generators like more, you know, whatever, successful. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they do more. They're action-oriented, all these things. And projectors are just like off to the side resting and like chilling. And it feels like they're not as successful, you know? So that was my first initial reaction. And then I got into more about the paradigms and what the, what those mean. And it reminds me a little bit of masculine versus feminine. So I think where I'm trying to get us to start is just let's, let's like get the baseline of what those terms mean so that people aren't confused as we go forward. Mm. I love that you related like masculine and feminine to those two specific human design types because generators often are in that go, 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 and that actually gives them a lot of energy. However, without the balance of having some feminine energy and what we talk about in the book about cyclical nature, which we'll dive into, it's like you can't keep going like that forever, even if you're a generator. And then projectors, when they go against their nature and they're like trying to do that go, 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 do, do, do thing without resting, like your magnetism decreases. And so as a projector tapping into your feminine energy and then knowing when to tap into your masculine energy and how long you're doing that for is really, really helpful. So yeah, we can we can kind of break these terms down and they are confusing because in the English language we use, you know, masculine would be more associated with male or men and feminine would be associated with women and females. So in this context, what we're talking about is two different energies and these different energies have been around for centuries. These come from ancient yogic traditions, tantric traditions, and it's similar to like duality. So we always have duality, two opposing energies, the yin and the yang energy in Chinese, you know, culture, in Eastern culture. We, We have Shiva and Shakti, which comes from also like the the traditional yogic traditions, right? And so 
the the masculine energy is that doing energy it's the productive energy it's being focused it's goal oriented it's more linear the feminine energy is more intuitive it's more in flow it is more nurturing and it's more creative so the important thing to know is that feminine isn't better than masculine or masculine's not better than feminine both of them are really important and it's when we get out of balance and when we get too far into the masculine, which I call masculine overdrive, and then when we get too far into the feminine, which is feminine overflow, that's when we have an issue. And the, the quote unquote balance between these two energies is going to be different for different people, like you just said, based on your human design, but it's also going to be different depending on what phase of your life or your business or your career that you're in. Like it's a, it's a practice and it's a dance. It's not this like static calculated thing where you need to be like 50% in your masculine and 50% in your feminine. How, okay, so I'm almost done with your book. I slowed myself down because you said to read it slowly and not to just masculine masculine it through. So I've been taking it in really slow, beautiful doses, um, being more in my feminine with reading the book, The Feminine Way, which is what the book's called, by the way. Um, you there's it might be in one of the earlier chapters maybe two or three or four or something in there you you show signs of what it means to be in that like way too far into your feminine and too far into your masculine can you talk a little bit about what some of those signs are so some of the sisters can identify whether they're too in their masculine or too in their feminine yeah and i see both with the women that i work with some women are in their like hyper masculine which when you're in that for too long, it's unsustainable. And so that looks like feeling overwhelmed, feeling stressed out, feeling like you constantly have to be doing something, like it feels really challenging to slow down. You're constantly in your head, you're overthinking things, overanalyzing things. That's the masculine, hyper-masculine. The hyper-feminine or feminine overflow is a little bit more like chaotic, really ungrounded. Maybe you feel like lost and confused about your direction. You tend to start things but not follow through on them. And it's really hard to be like organized and structured. So that's kind of like the, the end spectrums. And in both of those, you can feel stressed out and anxious because if you're feeling like, you don't have a, a focus or a direction and you're just kind of floating around, like it can feel really scary and can bring up a lot of hopelessness and anxiety. And same thing, if you're feeling stressed out out of your mind and you're constantly in your head all the time, like that also doesn't feel good. So I like to say that we can sense when we're out of alignment or out of balance in either direction by paying attention to our emotions and by paying attention to our bodies, like our bodies are always speaking to us and our emotions are always speaking to us. And that's a huge thing that you and I work on, Scout, is really understanding the language of your body and your emotions. Can you diagnose me on the podcast? Where do I, where do I lean to? Where, what's my makeup? Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. 
That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Okay, sisters, let's talk about hair shedding. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? Hi, I've been there. When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted whole body approach. Ugh, thinning hair just isn't the vibe. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Amen. Everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth just doesn't cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow through different stages, such as postpartum, like me. After I gave birth, I noticed that around the crown of my head, my hair was shedding. I've been taking Nutrafol for almost three months at this point, and I am not kidding you when my husband, my friends, my family have been commenting on how long, strong, and healthy my hair has been looking lately. I mean, sisters, if you've been watching OK Sister on YouTube, you've seen my hair. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. I mean, 86% is a lot of women. Take their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code OKSIS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code OKSIS. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code OKSIS. So I feel like as a generator, you tend to be more in the masculine overdrive. And over the last few years since we've been working together, like, you have done such a great job at being able to bring awareness when you go into that hyper-masculine mode. And there's part of you that gets a lot of energy from that and gets inspired and excited. However, as we know, that's not sustainable. So I feel like you've done such a great job at incorporating more self-care, more time to connect and like slow down and tune in and, and really be with your emotions and getting out of just that reactivity, right? Because as a business owner, like there is a lot that needs to get done and there's a lot of different moving pieces and I feel like you've done such a great job at getting out of just that identity of being a business owner and also focusing on these other areas of your life that nourish you. And so like, yes, it might be more of a tendency to go towards your masculine, but over time I do feel like you've, you've really shifted and have incorporated and embraced more feminine energy for sure. Yeah, I'm learning the feminine way, slowly but surely. You're doing fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) So with me, I'll self-diagnose myself. Um, (laughs) I, although I am a projector, I am always in the masculine overdrive, it feels like. But I don't like even any of the positive aspects of masculine energy as well. Like Scout is good with masculine energy. I do not even like masculine energy. So it's weird that I just am living in overdrive of masculine energy. The, the Honestly, the empowered, I think you call it like empowered masculine or uh, like a disempowered masculine. And it's like I'm living in all of that side And I think it is just because of social conditioning and what I perceive as successful or what I'm supposed to be doing or looking like I'm doing. And 
the rest part of it and the more feminine nurturing um rejuvenation like all of that that's uh, again very rooted in projector energy as well for me I feel a ton of shame when I lean into Mm. that and it's I don't know I think I inherently know that when I do make time to rest and take care of myself and do all these things it does feed the other side and replenish the other side so that I can show up for that because that side is part of me of course like we both have both energies and it's the balance as you said but it's really hard in the moment to just because we've been so conditioned I mean our whole lives to think that rest it has to be earned or that rest is not productive and so how do you get over that like I think what I'm asking is when I'm resting how do I fully surrender to that and be like no Mads this is actually productive because this is your makeup this is your energetic makeup that needs this mm-hmm Yeah, this is so powerful and this is honestly why I wrote this book because so many women and men feel this way because of the conditioning that we've been exposed to from the patriarchy, from religion, from societal norms. And then we feel like a failure would feel like we're lazy if we take any time for ourselves or are not constantly working towards our next goal. So this is definitely deeply ingrained. And I think it's really important, which is why I start the book and understanding like, how did we get here? Because so often when we're navigating this internally, we have so much shame around it, like you shared. And you're not the only one who experiences shame when you're relaxing or taking care of yourself. Like that is really, really common for pretty much all women. Like I find that across the board. So first is just like really understanding that this is deeply ingrained and this programming has been here for a long time and it's not going to change overnight. And I think people want this overnight fix where it's like, oh, I understand these concepts, so why am I not doing it? And I really want to emphasize that this is such a journey of unlearning. Like there's a lot of, you know, even deeper beliefs underneath like understanding what masculine and feminine are. But the reason why a lot of women are stuck in their masculine is because of unworthiness. They feel like if I don't do the things that are going to get me to my next financial goal, or if my body doesn't look how I want it to look, or it, you know, all of these external things, then I don't have value to offer. So that's one of like the deeper roots that I really like to look at. And it's like, okay, why am I in my masculine energy all the time and work on healing that, working on healing the unworthiness, the people pleasing, the perfectionism, like all of these different things that drive us to being in in the masculine. So first it's like recognizing you have made progress because you're aware of these, these paradigms and that it does take time and being really patient with yourself throughout the process. And when that inner voice comes in is like, I'm lazy, what's wrong with me? And then you're comparing yourself to other people, like they're able to do this, but I'm not. Like that's where that voice of self-compassion and self-love, that that inner nurturer, it takes practice to tap into that and really like give yourself permission to be where you're at versus making yourself wrong. Yeah. I think something that comes up for me is when I think about tapping into my feminine energy, which is this peaceful, ease, joyful, pleasure, like creativity, all the adjectives that you were describing, I see that as something that is for my future self. And I think a lot of sisters are going to feel this as well, right? When I think of, when I manifest, when I write down my dream life, when I'm like, every time without fail it's like I want to I I am just ease like I'm not saying it's devoid of challenges I'm not saying any of that I'm I'm honestly even saying I am easeful in wake of the challenges I am just calm I'm able to move forward and like there's just this calming energy and it's a little in contrast to my my personality because I'm very loud and I'm you know very energetic but internally I've always desired this more calming presence and this feminine energy presence that you're describing. But why do I feel and why do people feel like it is something that is reserved for when you hit a certain, you know, for me, it's like, oh, 
when I hit a certain financial goal and I have the big house and a da 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 and I can take a week off to go to a bucolic field and look out at a lake and just sit there and feel peace like that is when I that's when I think that I deserve that type of energy so why one why do we think that and two how do we erase that and start to just tap into it today and feel Mm. like we deserve it today yeah I think it's kind of similar to the social narrative of like you work hard until you retire and then after you retire you can enjoy your life which is so crazy because by the time most people retire like their health has declined and they don't have as much energy and like their house poor and all this shit that they're like, oh, I can't actually do the retirement thing that I thought I was going to be able to do. So I think it's, it is a societal paradigm where it's like, okay, you need to work hard and then you can deserve rest. Then you can deserve to enjoy your life. And what I, what I'd love to offer is that the way that we actually create that future reality is by tapping into that energy now. So we're like in our mind, oh, it's going to happen later. When I get there, I'll be happy. When I get there, I'll be able to relax. But that's not actually going to happen unless we start tapping into that frequency now. And that doesn't mean that you have to radically change every single aspect of your life overnight. The first principle of the feminine codes which are is in the book is about deepening devotion which is taking time each and every day to slow down to tune into that energy of pleasure of ease of receptivity and you can start with 10 minutes a day and that's what i recommend because it is overwhelming to think about okay now i have to get out of my masculine energy and i can never be in that place and i have to always be in my feminine energy like a that's not realistic And B, that's just really far away from how most people are operating. And so, you know, Scout and I talk a lot about how it's like the simplest practices that make the biggest impact and that actually work. And things like having a morning gratitude practice or, you know, really slowing down and breathing and enjoying your morning cup of coffee or your morning matcha or spending that time in meditation or intuitive movement. Like those are the things that make the biggest difference when we do them consistently. And that's the challenge that a lot of people have is showing up for those things consistently and feeling like they, if they you know, they need to be doing more like that. That's not going to be enough. So I would start with the baby steps and those baby steps are the most impactful. When you're thinking about the, these devotion practices, I'm, I I think Mads and I are really, really good at our routines and rituals. Mads is the same way that I am with all of these, you know, journaling and movement and silent walking, sorry, and (laughs) uh, meditation, et cetera. And then it almost feels like we get to work and then it's just a stark like contrast to the masculine where we can only be in our feminine during our daily rituals, during the yoga, during the stuff. And I've been on a complete rediscovery of how can I, because while I love my masculine, I can tend to push the envelope a little bit too much. How can I infuse feminine practices into my work? And so Mm. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and more specifically, even beyond that, you know, for the sisters who maybe they have a nine to five or maybe they have a specific business, but then also if you're creating a business, right, how can you start with feminine practices so that you do feel this sense of devotion within your life's calling at the same time? And it's not just reserved for your morning journaling session. Yeah, I can totally relate to this and have definitely been on on my own journey with this and have reached burnout several times in my business because of this exact thing of like having my morning practices dialed in, but then when I'm in in work and like in my head the whole time and I forget to fucking breathe and I like forget about that I even have a body, right? And then I'm like sitting in the same position and my legs are numb and I'm like what like what is going on and i'm exhausted by the end of the day right so that that's real and that has has happened in my world many times and 
Yeah, what I've what I've discovered is a few different things. One is is using the masculine to support your feminine. And what I mean by that is how can we create structure in our day to infuse more feminine energy and practices into it. So for example, if you are someone who books your calendar back to back the entire day and never takes a break or you sit at your your desk for lunch or when you're eating lunch, you're on your phone, like those things are not supporting you to connect with your feminine energy throughout the day. So first it's like looking at your calendar and your schedule and optimizing that so that you can have more feminine flow. Feminine flow means also like the creativity. So if you have an aspect of your work that is creative, you might want to say, okay, my most creative time is in the morning or my most creative time is in the afternoon. Let me work on my schedule so that I can really create space to work on those creative projects. That's one way that we can use the masculine structure to add in some feminine flow. The other one is booking like little reminders in your phone to breathe. Like put like a five minute breathing break and step away from your desk and you can breathe. You can turn on a song and dance. Like my favorite is like an afternoon dance break to like get back in my body and to to connect with myself, to go refill on water, like take a step away from my computer. These are different ways that we can start to infuse more feminine energy into our days. And it takes intention and it takes practice. Like if you've been working in that hyper-masculine way for so long, like you're going to need reminders. You're going, this is gonna take practice to find out what, what works for you. Another thing that I do is I, you know, have a cutoff time for work. Like I stop working at a certain time and I start working at a certain time because I'm super passionate about what I do and I actually enjoy a lot of the things that I do for work and it can often bleed over into my personal time if I don't have that structure. So those are some ways that I would recommend to create more flow throughout your day. And then what you shared about, you know, if you're just starting a business, like it does take more masculine energy. Like there's no doubt about it. There's something that has to happen with building momentum over time. And it does require you to show up consistently. So I would say the same exact tools that I just shared about, if you have an existing business, you know, or existing career, you can apply those when you are starting to build your schedule for your workday. And you can start to infuse these practices right from the beginning instead of waiting until you're in that burnout phase yeah i'm uh I'm maddie's boyfriend calls me shomer afternoon instead of shomer shabbos i'm shomer afternoon oh oh hold on you disappeared am i back yeah yeah oh my wife i went out for a second um maddie's boyfriend calls me shomer afternoon like shomer shabbos because i don't take calls at a certain point every afternoon and he would be trying to get a call on the books and I'm like, yeah, I don't take calls after 3.30. So he calls me Shomer afternoon. But that's a little way that I tweak my calendar to infuse that balance and work with my energy levels. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA grown, eco conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. 
Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute. I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Yeah, like I don't take calls on Monday and Fridays because I know Mondays for sure I'm like, I need to ease. I need to ease into it. Like it's just such an, it's it, it sets me up for success when I put those boundaries and when I you know at first definitely as a business owner you start to think like oh no I can't do something like this but something as simple as you know Monday no calls make sure it's more creative projects so that you're easing into the work week see it as a something that is going to benefit you in the long term I think that's what's really hard is when you're starting out these more habits and rituals you don't see the immediate effects until you are consistent with it and we've talked about that at nausea monokesis is just like there's that period where you have to trust and just be like it's the the magic is coming don't worry just like keep showing up Mm -hmm. because there is this like weird darkness that happens where you're like okay I wrote three things I'm grateful for but like nothing's different I don't know (laughs) so it's this literal showing up every single day and something I want to talk about gratitude actually because in the beginning of your book you said you know and I've heard this on other podcasts too where gratitude can sometimes have the uh, opposite effect almost where you're listing out all these amazing things that you have in your life and your blessings. And yes, it's good, of course, to, you know, remind yourself of those things, but then it kind of can make you feel worse that you have like depression on top of that or anxiety on top of that. Cause you're like, wait, I have a beautiful apartment. I have a great relationship. I have the career. Why, why am I feeling these things? So talk to us about like that, that, dynamic because I've felt that where I'm writing gratitude and I'll be like okay well then what the fuck is wrong like why am I why and then it makes me feel worse right so how did you get over that Mm, yeah and for for listeners who haven't read the book yet you know this was a big part of my story and my journey was at the time I was in my mid-20s and I was married and I was living what you would call really a picture-perfect life we owned a beautiful home we had the cute dog Um, You know, like it seemed from the outside, like everything was perfect. And so I kept being like, well, then why am I not happy? And the problem in my situation and in many people's situations is that we live up to or create lives based on what external success looks like and based on unconsciously trying to gain approval and acceptance from our parents, from you know, our peers. And when we do that, we can often create lives that are very disconnected from what truly makes us happy. So you can be grateful for all of those things, but that doesn't mean that all of those things are actually the things that are true for you or that are in alignment with your authentic expression or what your soul desires in this lifetime. And so I think that's where a big disconnect happens. And I also talk about in the book how, you know, a lot of women at the age of whether it's, you know, 25, we call it the quarter life crisis, um, midlife crisis. This is when a lot of people are going through their, their spiritual awakening. And it's where a lot of people are like, wait, but I built this whole life that I thought was going to make me happy. I thought would mean that I'm going to be successful. And now I've reached those things, but like, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I be happy? And it's because we're never really taught to create a life that is what we want. We're taught to create a life for what everyone else wants or what other people think is going to be best for us. How do you know what you want and who your authentic person is? Because, you know, I've I've in the past couple of years, I've done a lot of manifestation work and to be magnetic, which we we love um, that type of work over here in OKSIS. And 
I have a sense of who my authentic person life you know human is I I know the feelings I love to feel and I I I think of moments where I can feel myself in it and I try to describe the adjectives around that and the energy around that but I still am confused and again I think this is also a lifelong process of learning what who you authentically are but how was it just pure intuition and following and trusting and then just piece by piece learning it? Or was it all at once you just knew the type of person you were supposed to be and the life you were supposed to live? I think a lot of people, when they get into this work, they, you know, you, you say manifest your dream life. Some people don't, don't even know what that is. Like they don't even, they even need to distill it down further to understand what even do I desire? Mm. So how did, how did that come through for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what's helpful for this is to break down, like what is your authentic self? And I think this is also an esoteric question that at some point people ask like, why the F am I here? And like, what's my purpose? You know, like what, what am I here for? And so that understanding what your authentic self is, which is your soul. Like we all have a soul, we have an ego. Our ego is like the, the version of ourselves that we've constructed up until now. It's often very fear-based. It tries to keep us safe and secure. It does what we're supposed to. Um, and then our soul is truly who we are without the identities, without all the labels, without the the accolades, without how we're supposed to look. It's like, this is, my soul chose to come into this body in this lifetime, and it's here for a reason. And there are certain things that light up my soul, and there are certain things that light up your soul that are going to be different, right? And so it, it's really about cultivating a relationship with your soul, your inner self, which happens through these daily rituals and practices that we were talking about. Our soul is always speaking to us. And if we spend time listening through journaling, through meditating, and really asking ourselves important questions like, what lights me up? What do I really want? What makes me happy? And when I first started asking myself those questions, they were really hard questions. I didn't really know the answers to them. And it took me time to discover that. But if we're not asking ourselves the questions, then we're not gonna get the answers. Like you said, most people know that they're unhappy. Most people, they might not be honest with themselves about that. They're like avoiding it and numbing out and trying you know, to pretend they're not unhappy, but most people are unhappy and to some extent. And they know that, but they, know, they don't really know what else is possible. And that's where I love things like, you know, for me, reading books and listening to podcasts and watching and and understanding and learning about other women's stories to be like, oh, actually, I'm really inspired by that. And I really love that quality about that person. Or I really like the path that that person's taken, you know, feels inspiring for me. And so we can start to collect examples from role models, from expanders like Lacey Phillips would talk about. To, to try that on and to see, okay, like I'm attracted to that quality or that lifestyle for a reason. Let me borrow that. Let me, let me use that as inspiration to explore what brings me joy and what makes me happy and to learn more about who I am. And also I feel like since, you know, I've been, you've been my coach for a couple of years, a lot of it has been finding aligned action, the aligned lifestyles, aligned decisions. And also, just quick permission to any of the sisters to know that I know that my soul's purpose changes every like 10 years. Like I'm not someone who's meant to have this same purpose, or at least I'm not meant to express my purpose through the same modality or the same medium or the same business or the same style. There's the through line of me throughout each phase, but I am someone who doesn't look at herself and think, okay, I'm going to be doing the same thing when I'm 50, right? There's some people whose sole purpose expresses themselves through one thing their whole life, and it's very specific, and it's very strong, and that's their sole purpose. So when I try to find what my soul's purpose here, it's who am I today? Who am I in this phase of my life? Who am I in this season? And what does my soul need in this season as it relates to this 3D world? And that's how I express my soul's purpose, For me, it's never this one answer. It's like this living, breathing, 
thing that continuously changes based upon, you know, becoming a mom or becoming a business owner or whatever it might be, you know, living with bipolar disorder. Like they've all kind of pushed me and ebbed me towards things. And I've really given myself the permission to change my soul's purpose based upon what my soul needs for me at 32-year-old scout versus 27-year-old scout. It doesn't have to be this static thing. And it also goes back to that idea, Mads, of it's the journey, not the destination kind of thing where we never arrive at one. I mean, some people arrive at one thing and like do it their whole lives, but it's also okay if you're continuously editing and transforming the journey based upon the season that you're in. Yeah, Scout's always dropping wisdom bombs. Sometimes in our sessions, I'm like, I wish I recorded it just to like have Scout's like wisdom that comes through. So beautiful. Good thing we're recording this. Right? We got that one down. <laughs> yeah, and that that's really the feminine is that we are always evolving and that it is cyclical and we're not meant to be the same versions of ourselves for the rest of our lives and that we have permission to change and evolve and to be multi-dimensional and to explore different parts of ourselves like to me that that's that's the best part right like we want to get out of that that paradigm where we're just like going through the motions and we're we're continuing to be on autopilot like that that's not what i believe that we're here for oh yeah. question what happens when the lifestyle you desire is maybe out of alignment with the work that it takes to get there. Hmm. Because I think that happens a lot to women or people where we're like, I want this big lifestyle, but the work to get there, the 3D physical like reality work doesn't fit me. Like for example, like Mads, you wanted an app, but like the investor route doesn't fit you. Do you know what I mean? Like, what do we do when our, like, desired outcome doesn't meet the day-to-day -day alignment? Well, I guess my question is, like, where does that desired outcome come from? Like, is that an ego-based desire or is that truly, like, what your soul is, is destined for or what's really lighting you up? Because, you know, most people want to make millions of dollars and they want to live in a beautiful home and they want a nice car and they want all these things which are not bad things and i do believe that you can have both that you can live a really beautiful life that you enjoy and you can be abundant and my curiosity is like is the desire coming from like what's in your highest good and what's for the highest good of all or is it coming from like your mind and your ego and what you think you should want and i believe that if it is really truly destined for you and that's what what you're being guided towards then there's a creative solution to get there even if you're not doing the work maybe you're hiring a team and you're bringing in other people with with their gifts and you're bringing in people to support you with the aspects that are not your your specialty or not the things that give you energy and light you up like that's one of my favorite things in my business is like i love hiring women who are really good at things that i'm not good at and I know that when you're just starting out, you can't just like outsource everything. Like you wear a bunch of hats when you start a business, but eventually like you can include support. And Scout, we've been talking recently about like, what does that look like to actually receive support and be open to support? Like, do you have to do it all on your own? And the, the feminine way and the new paradigm is like, no, we're not meant to do it all on our own. Like we're, we're meant to be supported. We're meant to be in community. So yeah, I feel like those are a few things to, to think mm -hmm. about and, and to know yeah. that if, if it is what you truly deeply desire and that's like what your heart really wants, not specifically your mind, then like you can call in and manifest the resources and the support to help you get there. I was going to, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like the, that's a limiting belief I've definitely had where it's like, oh, I desire this whatever luxurious luxurious lifestyle but I don't want to work in finance or I don't want to work in whatever to like get there where it's like no that's not like a plus b equals c like that's not the only linear path and that's I guess something definitely we've been conditioned to believe that there isn't another creative way or way that we can we can get there um it was interesting. We, I don't when was this it was during the pandemic I because I, we did like a session scout and 
it was with you, Amy, and it was with a bunch of other women. I don't even know what it was. I remember. It was like an, yeah, it was like a meditation and embodiment and yada, yada. And one limiting belief that came up around money that literally like, oh, I just love when those moments where you're like, oh, like it hits you and you're just like, it feels so exactly what you've been feeling. Someone said that they, a limiting belief they have around making money is that they're going to have to work harder to make more money. And that's exactly how I felt and why I feel like I've been blocked from making more money is because I always thought, oh, well, I'm going to have to be more stressed. I'm going to have to work harder and longer hours to make more money where that whole limiting belief has now been eradicated, which good job, Mads, uh, for doing the work. So, but that's something that, you know, that's why when I hear like, oh, you don't want to do the work to get to there. It's like, well, no, there's, there's other creative, like there's so many different paths and ways that you can, you're limiting yourself by just feeling like, oh, well, if I'm not in this one industry, I can't, I can't get to there, whatever the case is. Um, I do want to talk about pleasure and creativity because those are very feminine things. And I feel as though, and I'm just kind of making this, you know, theory in my head now, our society, when it comes to pleasure and creativity, we actually lean more masculine in the ways of like consumption, you know, TV and even podcasts, social media. Like these are things, you know, maybe even quick dopamine hits almost is like the way that we see pleasure in 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 the world. Whereas the feminine and something I've been trying to tap into more is creativity in the very traditional sense, like painting, um, playing a board game, puzzles, like listening to music and cooking without your phone. G- dare I say it, going on a walk without music or listening to a podcast, just giving space, right? And maybe you can talk a little bit about what we think pleasure and creativity is in this world because I feel like a lot of people, even people listening to this would be like, oh, well, I feel pleasure when I, you know, watch TV or I did that. And I'm not trying to say those are bad things. I love TV. I love, you know, whatever. But I think there's a difference of the type of pleasure and creativity that we're we're gearing or we're trying to push people towards in the feminine. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that when I when I think about pleasure it, it's more of a embodied feeling of aliveness and of even if we were to slow down and take a deep breath and really feel that breath in our body, like that actually feels really delicious and really good when we do that. Um, I also think about pleasure as like enjoying the little things, like enjoying the beauty of, of plants, of nature. I think about pleasure as like really tasting your food and and enjoying every bite, right? These are things that when we are in our fast-paced mode, we can't feel those things because we're not present to the sensations that are happening in our body. So I think what you're talking about is like the quick dopamine hit, which we're getting all of the time and we're addicted to because of social media. And because we have access to our phones all the time, like that might feel good in the moment, but it doesn't create that sustained feeling of pleasure. And it's like, we need to keep getting those hits in order to feel good. And yeah, this idea of like creativity, the, the thing that stops a lot of people from being creative is that we're over cons- like consuming, we're constantly taking in information. And so one of the concepts that I talk about a lot is like, can you create more than you consume? Can you consume less and create more? And what, when we create that space, when we stop taking in so much information all of the time, that's where our authentic creations come through. You're not like subconsciously f- copying other people. You're not comparing yourself to other people. It's like, oh, I actually feel inspired and excited to create this versus like, I have to create this because I have to get a post out and I need to produce something like two totally different energies. So I think we're really talking about like the subtle energetics of these two things, pleasure and creativity. And, and to me, the, the feminine way is more of that like luxurious, delicious, yummy 
energy that we're wanting to connect with. And I feel like that is more fulfilling and more enjoyable when we allow ourselves to, to access that type of creativity and pleasure. Mm. Yeah. It's not easy though. Like it, it's not easy. I think that it, it really is. Yeah. Even tuning into your authentic expression of creativity and your version of what, what feels good and what brings you pleasure. Like it's, it's different for everyone. My version is reading Vogue or Architectural Digest in my bed on a Saturday or Sunday morning while Lily takes her first nap drinking my coffee. That's like, mm. oh, with the blinds open and I see the, my cactus outside and the beautiful sunlight and it's just the best moment and I'm getting creatively inspired by the pages that are quality and beautiful and created with creativity and pleasure in mind, so... That's mine. Mm. Yeah, I know. I And Amy, what you just said about, you know, especially as content, as a content creator with my business, I have noticed myself feeling a lot of resistance and dread with posting. And with even like, for instance, I send out a weekly newsletter that is fairly popular here in Los Angeles and people love it and get so much joy from it and they rely on it. And like, I have to write it after this and I've been like dreading it. And it's like, why am I like, what? Like this is, I'm literally putting together like a cool list of things to do in LA and I'm, and I'm helping small businesses and it's really creative and it's fun and I'm, and it's colorful and whatever. Like, why do I, feel this dread and I get again and then it gets in the shame spiral of like this is your fucking job to literally put together this newsletter and you're complaining mm. like you don't have a desk job where you're like an accountant and no, no shade to accountants um but you know and so then I get in this shame spiral of like Mads be grateful this is you made this like you did this so it's like yeah I want to infuse more of that expansiveness and creativity or like even presence as I'm writing the newsletter like wow I get to do this or wow this is my job this is how I spend my days doing this whereas it's been overrun by dread and I think it's because of the like just churning out aspect of social media which is just kind of you know what we have to deal with mm -hmm. but I wonder how I can infuse more of that feminine energy into those types of tasks yeah I mean the the first thing that comes to mind is you can have a dance party before you sit down and write your newsletter and like make it fun, you know, like before you get yeah. onto the computer, you can put on some music. I did this, this, this morning before I started working, you know, have a fun playlist that you like and be like, yeah, I'm going to like get into the energy that I want to be in before I even write the newsletter. And I think that will help to, to buffer that resistance. And I also think that it's helpful to look at that resistance and be like, huh, okay, like, am I forcing myself to do something that I don't want to do? Which we do sometimes show up for the things, like you, we have things that we get to show up to consistently, but like, is there something that would be more in alignment or how can I modify this or adjust this to make it more inspiring? Maybe what you're doing right now was inspiring for you for a while. And maybe there's a new evolution of like what you want to put in the newsletter or what would like be more exciting for you to change the format. Um, so those are a few things. And then, yeah, I like to make things like that more ritualistic. So maybe you light a candle, you get a cup of tea, like bring in the feminine to that experience rather than it be this like dry thing where you're like, I have to write this email and gotta, gotta type this out and get it in by a certain time. Yeah. That's a great, yeah. great example. Yeah, of how we I can, love that. Like, bring more of the feminine into kind of mundane tasks because a lot of life is mundane. And so part of like devotion is like, how can we bring like, how can we bring beauty and love into our daily activities and tasks? And, and that is a pra mm. daily practice. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to listen to, I was doing that even this morning. Wow. So, so aligned that I was dancing this morning. Um, Taylor Swift just really re-released 1989 and I was listening to Bad Blood and just like shaking my little tuchus running around the apartment and just like in my mirror like shaking my butt and I was like this 
feels amazing. And so I need to, I need to definitely, and I do that. I do that on TikTok also for everyone to see, which is, you know, I, maybe I shouldn't be embarrassing myself on the internet like that, but it's good to like have that for just yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay. Let's ask our last questions, gal. Okay. We ask every woman who comes on OK Sis podcast this, if you could brag about one thing and you weren't allowed to be humble, what would you brag about? Mm, I was thinking about this in the shower yesterday and I was like, I'm really proud of my book, but what I'm most proud of right now is my relationship and just like feeling so proud of like the journey that it took to cultivate such an authentic, deep, like connected love. And I was like, wow, I'm so proud of that because it's taken so much inner work to get there and so much devotion to like becoming this version of myself who can receive love and who can, you know, give love in this way. And yeah, I feel really, really proud of that. So that's what I'm going to brag about mm. today. That's so beautiful. I've that. watched your evolution to get to this point with this man. And it's like, it's a reminder for me because I remember just seeing you through the evolution and knowing the decisions that you made were so bold and courageous in the last few years that were so like you did the thing that you had to do to not justify certain aspects of things to settle and because you never settled and knew that there was something so specifically expansive for you and believed in it it's amazing it's amazing to see you with a man that just in all buckets, like seeing you guys together is so perfect. So it's been awesome to, to witness that. And like every time I see you guys, I know I've told you a million times and I told him at your book launch and I was really like blabbering on, but the energy of soul alignment just exudes when you guys are together. Mm, Thank you. Thank you so much for that reflection. Okay, will you tell everybody where to buy your book because it's available when this comes out and where to follow you? Yes. So you can follow me on Instagram at Amy Natalie Co. And you can find the link to buy the book in my bio. And you can also find the link for my podcast, The Feminine Frequency, there. And I've got a whole bunch of other resources like my morning ritual that you can get access to as well. So um, Instagram's a great place to go, or you can go to my website, which is just amynatalieco.com. Beautiful. And you can find us sisters at OKSIS Podcast. Me at Scout Sobel, Mads at Maddie Mayo. We love you. We love you. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together. 